This program is presented by a community producer through Midland Community Television. The City of Midland and MCTV are not responsible for the content of the program. The views presented do not necessarily represent those of the City of Midland or MCTV. If you would like to produce your own program, contact MCTV at 837-3474 or access our website cityofmidlandmi.gov slash mctv. We hope you enjoy the following presentation. Welcome. Welcome to tonight's Candidate Forum, sponsored by the League of Women Voters of the Midland Area and Midland Community Television, or MCTV. I am Katherine Redwine, President of the League of Women Voters of the Midland Area. The League of Women Voters is a nonpartisan political organization that works at the national, state, and local levels. Membership in the League is open to all people aged 16 and over, both women and men. We are committed to the informed and active participation of citizens in government, and we neither support nor oppose candidates. We always welcome new members. Information about joining the League is available on our website, www.lwv-midland.org, or you can ask any League member about it. Here is an overview of how tonight's program will run. We will cover candidates for the different offices as two separate segments of the program. At the beginning of each segment, I will introduce candidates running for that office and give each candidate two minutes for an opening statement. After each is given an opening statement, I will pose questions to which each will be asked to respond. Each candidate will be allowed an initial response to each question of up to two minutes in length. Each candidate will be offered the opportunity to reply one minute per candidate. The candidates have participated in a drawing to determine who will be the first speaker in each segment. That order will be maintained and rotated throughout, the, throughout a candidate segment. Following the question and answer period, each candidate will have an opportunity to make a one minute closing statement. Our official timers, uh, Kim Steinke and Julie Schmidt, um, will be timing the program. They will let us know when there are 30 seconds, then 15 seconds left in your segment. When the time is up, I will stop the speaker, allowing only the completion of a sentence. This segment will feature the two candidates for District 3 County Commissioner, Republican incumbent Steve Glazer, and Democratic challenger Chloe Updegraff. And in between them is Democrat Jeff Havens, who is challenging Republican incumbent Jim Geisler for the District 5 seat. Mr. Geisler declined to participate in, the, in tonight's forum. Keep in mind that although the three candidates are present together, there are two races here. Mr. Glazer and Mrs. Updegraff for District 3 seat and Mr. Havens for District 5. District 3 covers Greendale, Homer, Jasper, Lee, and Porter Townships. District 5 includes the west side of the City of Midland. Speaker rotation will follow the same procedures as for the previous segment. The timer will indicate when you have one minute left, and then when you have 30 seconds, 15 seconds, and you're done. When time is up, I will stop the speaker, allowing only completion of a sentence. So Steve, you will be first for our opening statements. Uh, just a reminder, it's two minutes for opening statements and questions, one minute for responses to questions and closing statements. So you have two minutes. Okay, my name is Steve Glazer. My wife Bridget and I moved to Midland in 1976 with our two daughters who were born in Cleveland uh, to begin my career at Dow Chemical Company. Um, I worked in the process automation department at the time. Uh, we've been here, as I said, 42 years. We worship at uh, St. John's Lutheran Church. 
we became very active in the community, both there at the church, uh, but I was also elected to serve on the Bullock Creek Board of Education, where both of our girls went to school. Uh, so I served there for two terms from 1986 to 1990. Uh, I was blessed to be able to present uh, high school diplomas to my daughter Stephanie when she graduated in 1988 and my daughter Melanie when she graduated in 1990. Both girls uh, went to, co to college. Uh, Stephanie graduated MSU in 92. Melanie graduated Northwood University here in 95, and after many years of uh, being across the country, they're now in uh, seven miles apart in the Atlanta, Georgia area. Um, I used to participate in an activist group here, and uh, in 1918, after retiring from Dow in 2006, uh, in 1960, or 2016, excuse me, and uh, Rich Keenan was there, and uh, after the presentation, he kind of got up and uh, uh, took us to the woodshed a bit, that we worry about what's going on in Washington, we worry about what's going on in Lansing, but we ought to pay attention to what's going on here in Midland. He never saw any of us at the county commission offices, and he was leaving the office, so I spoke to him about it, uh, and he convicted me that uh, if we want good government, we have to have people that are willing to come forward, I'm uh, glad to serve and thankful to serve the, the third district of the county commission and uh, look forward to our evening together. Thank you. Thank you. Jeff, you have the next two minutes. Okay, thank you very much. And I appreciate everybody being here and everybody watching. I mean, this is part of the civic process and I also appreciate what Steve just said about the importance of focusing on local issues, local politics. It is where a lot of the things that impact us and affect us the most happen. And so I'm glad to see so many people involved here and engaged. Um, my name is Jeff Havens. I moved to Midland in 2014 when my wife, uh, who got her PhD at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, graduated with a degree in organic chemistry and got a job at Dow Chemical. And that's what brought us here from across the pond. I grew up in Bloomington, Illinois, uh, a town very, very similar to Midland. Uh, the State Farm is headquartered in my hometown, and about 25% of town works at State Farm. My, uh, half of my family does. And so coming to Midland felt very much like going back home. And um, one of the things that got me into looking at running for county commissioner happened last year when our house, like I think two or 3,000 others, got water in the basement during uh, the unseasonable flooding. And I realized at the time that the county had no emergency fund for issues like that. And they also didn't have a very robust uh, system of alerting people to go about where their resources were, where they could go to find help. I talked with several people while I was volunteering and cleaning out people's basements and handing out gift cards who thought that the FEMA agents that came to town were a scam. Uh, that it wasn't real, and I felt that the county could do a better job of making sure people knew where to go to get help. We can't stop a flood, but we can certainly do our best to recover from one. And that's what in inspired me, I suppose, to run for this position. So I want to thank everybody again for being here, and I'm looking forward, as Steve is, as I'm sure Chloe is, to answering questions tonight and letting you know what we think. Thank you. Chloe, you have two minutes. Hi everyone, thanks so much for coming tonight. Uh, thanks to the League of Women Voters for putting this uh, forum on. I think it's a great opportunity for everyone to hear the issues, especially locally. I think that's a very important thing. Um, my name is Chloe Updegraff. I am a graduate of the University of Michigan School of Public Health where I got a master's degree in health behavior and health education and that has been the focus of my career and that is why I'm running for office. Um, as a person in public health, I see a myriad of issues, um, substance abuse, guns, you name it. I've worked in that field and I think that that field can contribute to our local politics. Uh, I'm running because I'm a former teacher. I think as a county we can be doing better for our schools to keep our kids safe and prop up our teachers. We can also do something more to address the substance abuse issues that our county is facing. Uh, since 2015 there has been a fourfold increase in opioid uh, overdoses within this county. That's something that as a county we need to address. Um, in addition, everyone knows uh, you know, what's going on nationally as far as guns. That's not just a national issue, it's a local issue as well. And as a county, we need to be doing more 
to, like I said, keep our students safe, prop up our teachers, and make our schools a place where kids can uh, learn and grow. Thank you very much. Thank you for your introductory information. We are going to have four questions, and we hope your answers are of interest to members of the League of Women Voters. I'll let you know when it's your turn to answer each question, and also I will repeat a question for anyone who asks. So Jeff, you have the first question, and the question is, what do you consider the chief priority of county government? Well, I think the county government does a very good job of maintaining the services that it currently, that it currently is responsible for, which involves taking care of roads, it involves taking care of the jail and, and dealing with the police department, it involves the sewer system, very kind of unsexy things. But without these things, we don't really have a functioning city or a functioning county. And so I'm not running because I believe that the county has failed to do its job. That's not the case at all. In fact, I think all of us are here from the same impulse. Steve was an educator. I got my degree in secondary education and come from a, a family of educators. And Chloe was an educator as well. All of us, I think, have the same impulse to make the world better and do what we can. And, and since Steve sits on the county commission, I think they do a very good job of maintaining the services that they need to. Where I feel the county falls short, and what I hope to be able to bring if I am elected, is to make sure once again that in the, in the event of an emergency, Midland is a county that floods roughly every 10 years, and with climate change, we are likely to experience events like last year's flood more frequently than we have in the past. And I think the county needs to be better positioned than it is right now to, to deal with those kind of emergencies. And I also think the county needs to do more than just maintain services. I think the county needs to work more closely than it currently does with the city to uh, actively promote economic development. I, I sit on the board of the Affordable Housing Alliance, and as people who pay attention to these things in Midland know, we have a shortage of affordable housing in this city, and I think the county can play a role in making sure that the people who live here can afford to live here. Thank you very much. <coughs> Chloe. You have two minutes. Can you repeat the yes, I will. What do you consider the chief priority of county government? So I definitely agree with what Jeff said. We have plenty of basic services that the county can execute. Um, some of them are brought down by the state. Others are up to the county to decide. Um, on those basic things, I think we're doing a fine job. Like I said in my intro, though, I think there's plenty of room for improvement. Um, we recently voted on a millage for school resource officers. To me, that's a Band-Aid on uh, an issue that needs solving from the ground up. Um, as a county, we can do something about that. I also talked about uh, opioids. Our county has not been skipped over by uh, the opioid epidemic. And as county commissioners, there's something that we can do about that as well. Uh, increased funding to mental health programs, um, reaching across county lines, uh, working with other boards uh, to implement strategies that work not just in our county but in others as well. Um, I also think it's important that we speak with the tribal communities. Um, you know, some of those residents live in our county and I think it's important that uh, as a board we're not just thinking only our county, we're thinking more than one so that we can work on this issue together. Thank you very much. Steve, would you like me to read the question? Yes, please. What do you consider the chief priority of county government? Well, again, as uh, my colleagues up here have said, I think we have a, a mandated list of certainly 70% of what we expend our effort and our budget on uh, that are state mandated uh, services. Um, as, as was mentioned, uh, police, fire, not fire, that's not a county function, but, but the courts, the jail, uh, records, deeds, public health, all of those items, and emergency services. Um, we did have an extraordinary event, uh, and I, I guess uh, you know Jennifer Boyer, as our emergency services director, did a superb job from everything that I saw in working with the township uh, boards and the township supervisors. Uh, she was on the, on the leading edge uh, communicating with those folks. So I, you know, I think she did a commendable job. Um, 
I know that we've got a lot of work going on with uh, drains, with our drain commissioner, and that's a sensitive topic because uh, people have to pay for those drains. That's uh, the, the drain commissioner wields a lot of uh, authority and power. Um, other issues, we, we, I, I sit on a uh, Midland Community Health Improvement Board or a group uh, uh, that is addressing the, the topic of substance abuse. County commissioners are not going to synthesize uh, a solution for that. They're, they would need a proposal to come forward, a coherent proposal, before they can act on it. Uh, so so we, we support those activities. We certainly are concerned for, for all folks in our community. Um, as far as uh, the school resource officers, we responded to a specific request, and, and I agree with Chloe that school resource officers are Band-Aid. There are other foundational problems involved. We have uh, too many broken homes. We have too many homes without fathers and, and are spawning these problems. And then we fail as, as various responders, and not just here, but otherwise, to respond to those leads that come forward, as we've seen in some recent shootings. Thank you very much. Chloe, do you want to reply? Sure. Um, oh. So the issue of uh, broken homes and kids without fathers, I don't think is the root cause of school violence, although it can be a contributing factor. Um, but to that, I would say, if those are issues, then we need to be putting more into preventative care, into mental health, uh, and into resources uh, that people can utilize and access. I will say that in my district that I would love to represent, um, people don't feel like they can access, and there are great resources within the county, but they don't feel like they can access them, whether it's transportation uh, or otherwise. Um, and so, you know, if we have these background issues, we need to increase prevention strategies and increase access to mental health care so that people can um, make the best choices possible for their own families. Thank you. Uh, Jeff, I failed to offer you the opportunity of your one minute reply. Oh, I appreciate it, thanks. I just wanted to reiterate something that Steve said. Jennifer Boyer, our city's emergency manager, did do a phenomenal job during last year's flight. She slept in her office, trying I mean, working around the clock to make sure that that she took care of as much as she could take care of. And, and I didn't at all mean to suggest that she did anything other than exemplary work. Yeah. Uh, what I do want to suggest, though, is that we could be more effective at alerting people. Uh, for example, even, even something as simple as a texting service or an email that went out to county residents simply to let them know what their resources might be in the event of an emergency like that. I also think uh, Steve pointed out an interesting uh, problem of county government. 70% of our budget is constrained. It is mandated by the state. That means we have 30% of our budget to play with and uh, everybody wants everything and nobody wants to pay for everything, which means that we have to be very creative in how we allocate those th that 30% of our budget. Uh, I believe that I am good at being creative in that way. I'm a small business owner and have managed to make sure that I don't go over my budget uh, and make sure everybody gets paid even when things vary. And I think I can bring that same level of fiscal conservative responsibility to county government as well. Thank you. Steve, you have one minute to reply. I, I have no comments. Okay, thank you. Question two. And Chloe, you will be the first person to answer. What measures would you recommend to address the projected financial situation for the county? So it seems that over the past few years, the county has had a surplus. And uh, I think last year was the first year that there was not. And the county had to tap into um, kind of uh, an emergency stores uh, situation. Um, I think what needs to be done, even at the county level, is advocating at the state. Um, when the state uh, implemented the personal property tax, or eliminated, sorry, the personal property tax, um, that took away a lot of resources for communities like ours. And so, for me personally, I work in Lansing. I have no problem going down to Lansing and, and talking to our senators, talking to our representatives about this. Um, it's directly affecting our county. And, you know, for us to be able to implement programs that we want to, we need the funding that comes from something like that. And so on my part, I want to advocate for our county in Lansing 
um, to change that. Thank you. Steve, would you like me to reread the question? Yes, please. Yes. What measures would you recommend to address the projected financial situation for the county? Uh, well, I, th I think Chloe's response is, is a good one. It's correct. Um, having said that, you, you know, we have uh, uh, the Midland or Michigan Association of Counties that we participate in. They, they certainly are a lobbyist. They participate. Our controller, Bridget Granson, does a great job of staying connected uh, with Lansing and as a strong advocate. Um, and, and as we heard in the discussion earlier at the Senate level, you know, we, we have a herd of cats that have all different priorities. They're not all on the same page and trying to get them to come to a consensus that we need to do something is a challenge. And so we have to, we have to, as Jeff said, we have to be uh, creative in how we respond. Uh, the projected income for the county uh, in terms of tax revenue is going to be pretty much flat and will be comparatively or, you know, with inflation, we're declining. And so we're going to have to uh, use discernment in how we, how we deliver services. You know, we're, we're increasing fees. Uh, I think there are limits to that. And, uh, you know, we are limited in the tax that we can, can, can levy. levy. Um, so I guess, uh, you know, it, it is a challenge, you know, we're just going to, we have a, a limited budget and we're going to have to live within it. We don't have the means to, uh, print money as we see in Washington. Uh, <laughs> we don't have the capability to deliver negative budgets that are, that are unfunded. Uh, so we're carrying about, uh, I want to say an, um, uh, $8 million uh, unspent previous year carry forward that Chloe had mentioned before. Uh, last year was the first time that we had to use it. We're expecting that, that uh, and as we go forward, we're going to see increased budgets, budget deficits, or, you know, and use of that money. Thank you very much. Jeff, you have two minutes. Thank you. I want to, uh, I want to just suggest to Steve that printers have gotten really advanced lately, so it's possible that we could print money. <laughs> and get away with it. So it's just a thought. <laughs> but I, I do think the typical response to these kind of questions when we have a budget shortfall, and once again, I want to commend the county for what it's done. I mean, this is the first time that we're facing this issue in a very long time. They've managed to provide services to people in a way without going over budget for a very long time. And now we're facing a different situation. And the typical response is to go upward. Uh, let's go to the state. Let's argue at the state to see if we can get the state to provide us some more money. But the truth is that Midland County is a very wealthy county uh, in Michigan. And again, as I mentioned before, I sit on the board of the Affordable Housing Alliance and, and a lot of the affordable housing that currently exists in Midland County comes from MISHTA grants that we received 15 or 20 years ago. And MISHTA is reallocating its resources to poorer locations, uh, places in Detroit or in just in other areas, and it's becoming harder and harder for us to get money from the state for these kinds of things. I expect it will be difficult for us to get additional state money for our own issues as well. As Steve mentioned, it's going to be a challenge. And what that means is that we are going to have to take care of it ourselves. And as a small business owner, this is what I have done my entire life, or at least my entire working life. If I can afford to get stuff, then I do. And if I don't have as much money, then I can always ask my customers to pay me more. Uh, but that doesn't always work. And so I have to be creative in deciding how I'm going to cut expenses and, and do what I need to do. And I think what we need at the county level is somebody, we can always, of course, ask citizens to voluntarily raise their taxes. But when they choose not to do so, then we have to have somebody at the at county level who is willing to make difficult decisions and to say, these services, we just maybe cannot afford to provide these services. And then obviously let voters know that this is what our decisions are and let them decide what is and isn't important. And maybe if we let them know very effectively what we actually do. One of the big problems at the county level, I think, is that a lot of people don't even know what it does. If we get better at informing the public what the county provides, they'll be more understanding when we say we need a little more money to give you what you want. Thank you very much. Um, Chloe, would you like to take your one-minute reply? Sure. I'll just say this. Um, I agree. It does need to be done at the county level. I just don't want us to be afraid uh, to go to our representatives in Lansing and ask for change there. Um, 
In my current role, I oversee budgets of multiple school-based health centers throughout the state of Michigan. Um, sometimes you do have to make difficult, creative choices, but I think if we can look at data and if we can look at outcomes, you know, there are ways that we can figure out what can take less, what can use more, and have it be an outcome-driven process, and that's how I would go about it at the county level. Thank you. Steve, you want to take your one-minute reply? Yes. Uh, you know, uh, we, we've talked about funding. One of the things that I failed to mention and we haven't mentioned here before is we are, we're blessed to have so many foundations within our community that are very, very generous uh, in supporting so many uh, community activities and so many uh, shared activities that we have with the city and with, uh, with county. Certainly the, the refurbishment of uh, the county courthouse is uh, you know, an exemplary uh, ex uh, example. Uh, the downtown streetscape was uh, largely funded through uh, foundation grants. So um, you know, we, we're blessed to have them. Um, so yes, we're going to have challenges uh, communicating with uh, the folks about what county government does is a challenge. I know when I ran, I had uh, a basic understanding. I think most people have a basic understanding, but understanding all of the services that are mandated and supplied uh, is, uh, is a challenge. Thank, Thank you. you. Jeff, you had one minute. I, I'll make it shorter than that. I just, I want to say I agree with Chloe that we should ask at the state level. I agree with Steve that we should also uh, inquire from our foundations as well if they can help us when we need help. Uh, but as, again, as a small business owner, I like to hope for the best and plan for the worst. So I think that we should be obviously reaching out to these other resources, but acting as though they're not going to help us and figure out how to take care of our issues on our own. Thank you very much. Question number three, and Jeff, you will go first. For what, for which county services would you consider raising taxes? For which county services? Well, as far as I understand, the county doesn't unilaterally raise taxes. I think. I I think I misspoke. Anyway. All right. Well, I said different. No, we have a different question three. But but I think. A. I, you on first, I think. Yeah. But I think I'm up. And you are. <laughs> it's past my bedtime. Absolutely. Okay. We're all on the same team. Our, our question three is, how would you go about deciding what county services to continue or what county services to cut back on in, when there is a budget shortfall? Okay. We, um, as I said, there are many 70 uh, percent of what we do are, are mandated by the state. Now, I will confess, I don't know because we haven't had to cross that bridge yet, what level of variability we have in terms of the service level that we provide. Uh, if we'll do it Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or whatever, I, you know, that, I don't know that yet. Um, there are the other 30% uh, that are are optional, if you will, that we have undertaken. 4-H and uh, uh, Michigan State Extension Services would be an example of that. And we serve a, 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 a sector of our community and our youth that uh, gain a, a tremendous amount of knowledge and development in what that, what the responsibility that that program brings. But, but uh, that's on the order of a $65,000 or $70,000 budget item. Uh, so when it comes time to make that determination, that type of, of a program and that type of a service, as dear it is, as it is, uh, we're gonna have to have that on the line and, and be examining it. And, and I, I think we're blessed to have a group of um, men and women of integrity uh, and, and also fiscal responsibility that will be asking those dis difficult questions on how do we prioritize it, what do we cut, and when those decisions, some of them are gonna be more or less patently obvious, uh, but others that, that, as Jeff had suggested, and with the school resource officer uh, as an example, 
We don't have the means to do that, and, and we did take the action to put it on a millage proposal that will be up on the ballot, and people will have the opportunity to fund that, and it is a joint city-county endeavor to supply that need. Thank you. Okay, Jeff, you are next. Uh, I agree with Steve that this is the ugliest part of running a government, when you don't have as much money to do what people want to have done. And I think what would happen, I, I doubt that as a county commissioner, I would ever plan to unilaterally or with my fellow county commissioners determine for the citizenry which services are going to be uh, kept and which ones are going to be cut. I think it would, it would depend upon which ones citizens wanted to fight for the most. It would be important for us to make sure that people know this is the situation that we're facing. And we have an option of continuing services if we, just, if we raise taxes. Are you willing to raise your taxes so that we can continue to maintain this level of service? And people have the choice to say yes or no. And when they say no, it is then our job to say, okay, we have to cut some things. That's just the way things are right now. And so here's what we're looking at cutting. It is now open to discussion. Who wants to fight for the things that we're talking about cutting? And then let the voters decide which things they want to fight for. And that way they can be part of the process. And then hopefully they can also uh, decide, wow, I really don't want to let go of these things. And when we are forced to raise taxes, they are more amenable uh, in those situations. The other thing that I think that can happen is that we can increase the overall economic base of Midland County. If we work at building more jobs and creating more opportunity, we'll have a larger tax base so that we can provide better services. That's one of the reasons that I, I want, if I'm elected as county commissioner, to work actively, and this doesn't cost any money, but this is just a lot of brainstorming, to think about how can we attract new business to Midland County? What can we do to help grow our tax base so that we don't have to face these questions? Thank you very much. Chloe, can you the yes, I will try. Which county services would you continue or and which would you cut back on in event of a budget shortfall? So with what Jeff said, I, I greatly appreciate that. I think the idea of involving, especially those in my district, um, communicating better like we talked about previously um, and, and working to get citizens more involved in what's going on in their government. I think that's a huge step and an important step, and I feel like one that doesn't currently occur now. And as Steve mentioned, it hasn't really had to be faced yet, but I think that's something that we need to start right away. Um, for me as a county commissioner, it would be my job to go back to my district, uh, have open communication with them that I can bring back to the board. Um, and when issues come to the table, you know, like I mentioned previously, it needs to be focused on the data and the impact. Is this a program that's impacting a widespread amount of people? Is it having um, a huge impact on a major issue in our county? Those are things that I think would be important to look at, um, as well as involving the voters and having, giving them a say in, in, uh, in the issues that come to the table. Thank you. Um, Steve, do you want to take a one-minute reply? Yes. I, you know, I, th I think that we're all pretty much on the same page. Uh, when you get to a, a difficult time where there is uh, more want than money to pay for it, uh, you, have to, you have to sharpen the pencil and you have to be engaging in how you uh, solve the problems. Um, we're blessed to have an economic development corporation that is active here in Midland. Uh, you know, they're, they're working. Uh, you know, I, I'm not aligned with that, so I don't have a lot of firsthand information. Um, you know, but, but I know that they're, they're working hard to attract new endeavors here to the Midland area. Um, I, I also want to mention that we also see uh, in practice what we're talking about here uh, in the number of millages that, that the people of Midland County do support already. Uh, you know, we, we have Pine Haven that has a, a millage for indigent people, the, 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 the farm there. We have, and, and other examples. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, 
Jeff, do you want to reply? Yeah, just very briefly. I think that, as, as Chloe mentioned, if you have to come down to what are you going to keep and what are you going to cut, you have to look at data. You have to look at outcome-driven things. And in a city dominated by a company made out of scientists, I don't think that's a terribly difficult thing to do. I'm very confident that any county commissioner would operate mm -hmm. in very much the same way. I think that from, a, uh, from an economic standpoint, it's important, as, as Steve mentioned, that people know what their options are. I will admit that before I ran for county commission, before I started running for this, I didn't know that 70% of the county budget was locked up and kind of mandated by the state. I think the, the county level government is the most invisible level of government I can think of. You know who your school board members are, you know who your city councilors are. The county board, I guess it exists, and then you go on to the state level. And I think the county could do a better job of communicating what it does to the citizenry so that they can make more informed decisions when we have to you know, put these things forward. Thank you. Chloe, do you have a reply? Okay, thanks. Okay. This is our last question, number four. And Chloe, no. Who went first last, Steve? Jeff is next. Jeff is next. I'm just making sure. <laughs> okay, here is question, the last question. Either generally or specifically, what do you consider the reasons for the financial stresses on our county? Uh, go right ahead. Um, very generally, people don't like paying for stuff, I think. <laughs> that's, that's the biggest issue. I honestly do not believe that the current county commissioners are doing a bad job of managing finances. I haven't heard of a huge amount of waste. Uh, the biggest uh, mistake that I can think of possibly uh, is the jail, which does run a deficit, but you can't really not have one. And uh, even if uh, bringing that and, and you know, uh, creating a, a system where we were importing prisoners from other parts of the state, even if that was a mistake, it's one that we have to live with and figure out. So. Um, I don't think the county does a, a very bad job of managing its finances. I really, I really think that what needs to be done is, as I've mentioned already, a lot of active thought about how to grow the overall tax base and um, people who are willing to make difficult decisions about what to do when things get cut. We do put a lot of millages forward uh, to the citizenry when they uh, decide to vote. And interestingly enough, in a, in a city that is dominated largely by Republicans who claim to hate taxes, they almost always approve those millages. So when we communicate to voters what the money is going for, they're generally, especially here, very agreeable uh, to paying for things that they see the value of. It's our job to make sure that we are showing them what the value is that the county and the county services provide. Thank you. Can you repeat, please? Either generally or specifically, what do you consider to be the reasons for financial stresses on our county? Um, you know, I guess in a general sense, it's spending money on programs that aren't impactful. Um, you know, Steve mentioned uh, the MSU Extension Program, 4-H specifically, um, a lot of people in my district utilize that, and I think it is impactful. Also, I think that's something that, you know, as a specific example, we could go back to MSU and argue that they fund more of that position, um, and I think that there's a balance there. Uh, so I think, you know, if we can look at specific programs, like I said before, how impactful are they? Um, is there is there data to back continuing to fund them at that level? You know, I'm happy to do that, and it seems like the board it is as well um, as are you know voters in the county. Um, but there are always uh, always places where we can uh, cut back or ask an alternate funder to support it. Um, and and so in cases like that, you know, I think working with the board. Um, to propel current uh, current workflow, but you know, trim back and make improvements. Like I mentioned with the MSU extension example, is just one. Thank you, Steve. Oh, I want to ask you to repeat the question, please. Either generally or specifically, what do you consider the reasons for the financial stresses on our county? 
Well, certainly the, the financial stresses are caused uh, in part because, as, as we discussed uh, in the previous session, we're not seeing a lot of economic growth in, in, the, in the community. That's difficult. Uh, we're constrained by state law in what we can levy on property. Um, and so, so, I mean, that, that's kind of the, the constraint that we're in. And there will come a time when people are going to be uh, more reluctant to support a, a whole menu of millage proposals that that will be an untenable posture to have as well. Um, so we have folks uh, that are, once you get out into my district, there are poor folks there that are struggling to make ends meet. So when we say we're going to raise 0.4 mills for school resource officers, and particularly when you live in two of the districts that I have, the townships, their kids don't go to Midland Public Schools. They don't go to Bullet Creek Schools. They're going to pay for protection for our kids. That's a difficult pill to swallow. So there, that's a real problem. And so uh, we also realize government is not our friend in many ways. When those folks are unable to pay their tax bill, the sheriff will be there to collect it. And if they don't have the money, he will help them move out and we will sell their homes. And it's a difficult thing. Uh, I've counted the numbers of homes that were listed to go on the foreclosure list. I've met with a treasurer and her deputy who have to deal with the people who are coming in and are, are struggling. I mean, there are retirees who are, are at their financial end, so it's not an option to, to simply continue raising taxes. Uh, that, we have to confront that because we dispossess them from their homes, and then they're, they're, they're a different problem. And so, um, so it, it is a difficult challenge. And so, thank you. Does anyone object to skipping the replies and going straight to the closing statements? No. Okay. We have a little time. We're running a little over. So let me just make sure. Closing statements. I have Chloe going first for the closing statement. Okay. Do you have thank one you. minute? Uh, first of all, thanks everyone for being here. I greatly appreciate your guys' time tonight. Um, I just want to reiterate, I'm a former teacher. I'm a current public health professional. Those are the things that are so important to me, and that's why I'm running for office. Um, my son is here tonight. He's six. He goes to Bullet Creek Schools. Um, yeah. <laughs> Woo! And, um, and so, you know, safe schools, great teachers, and a healthy community are the things that are really important to me. I want to use my experience as a teacher. I want to use my current experience working for the state of Michigan, um, where in both roles I have worked to make people's lives better. I want to use that experience uh, to make this county better and improve the lives of the people that live in it. Thank you guys so much for the opportunity to be here tonight. Thank you. Steve, you're next. Yes. Catherine, thank you for moderating and, and uh, folks here for hosting this event. I, I appreciate the opportunity to uh, express my thoughts and views, uh, experiences. Um, I just want to thank uh, the folks uh, in District 3 who have voted for me. It's been a, an honor and a pleasure to work with the five township boards. Um, these folks are uh, unsung heroes. You don't see a, a lot of uh, their names and activities in the press. That's a good thing. Uh, that's always a good thing. Uh, so so these are folks that when you go there, um, you don't know R's and D's. They're, they're just there to do the work of the township. And, and I, I respect that. Uh, and and I, I enjoy that. So I, I, it's been a, a pleasure to serve them. I want to ask for your continued support. And come November 6th, I'm asking you for, for your vote. So thank you so much. Thank you. Jeff, you get to go last. OK, and thank you very much. I appreciate you putting on this form. I appreciate people tuning in. It's government doesn't work without people who know what the government is trying to do. And I do want to say, I think everybody, all three of us up here, are, we're not here because we want to be career politicians. We're not here because we're going to make a lot of money or get famous doing this in any way. We're here because all of us, Republicans and Democrats, because we want to make our community better, because we 
are willing to look at difficult situations and try to do the best that we can with the resources we have to give the people that we live with and work with and love uh, the best possible city and county that we can. And so I want to encourage people, when you do vote on November 6th, don't vote for a party because it doesn't matter what party you're in. As Steve just mentioned, at the county level, it doesn't matter if you're a Republican or a Democrat. Vote for the person that you think is going to fight the best for you and vote for the person you think is going to be the most creative in figuring out how to do the most with you know, a finite amount of resources. Thank, you, thank very you very much. Do you mind if we go through and do closing? Okay, I'm going to just wrap up briefly. Uh, thank you all for being here. We are running longer than I expected. I'd like to thank the candidates for participating in this forum. And a thank you goes to the candidates for their willingness to serve as elected officials in these challenging times. And thanks to everyone for their time and interest in watching the forum. Polls will be open Election Day, Tuesday, November 6th from 7 a.m. to 8 p.m. If you're voting in person, be sure you know the location of your designated voting place and bring the proper ID with you. And I just want to extend a very special thank you to the people who've made the program possible. To our co-sponsor, MCTV, manager of MCTV and Library Communications, Matt Richardson, production director, Matt Thomas, and all of the crew. And thank you to the following contributors from the League of Women Voters of the Midland area, Voter Service Co-Chairs Sue McAllister and Kim Steinke, Judy Donahue, Julie Schmidt, and everyone who helped us out tonight. Thank you very much. Michigan Statewide Proposal 1 a proposed initiated law to authorize and legalize possession, use, and cultivation of marijuana products by individuals who are at least 21 years of age and older, and commercial sales of marijuana through state-licensed retailers. This proposal would allow individuals 21 and older to purchase, possess, and use marijuana and marijuana-infused edibles, and grow up to 12 marijuana plants for personal consumption. Impose a 10-ounce limit for marijuana kept at residences and require amounts over 2.5 ounces to be secured in locked containers. Create a state licensing system for marijuana businesses and allow municipalities to ban or restrict them. Permit retail sales of marijuana and edibles subject to a 10% tax dedicated to implementation costs, clinical trials, schools, roads, and municipalities where marijuana businesses are located. Change several current violations from crimes to civil infractions. Should this proposal be adopted, yes or no? Michigan Statewide Proposal 2 a proposed constitutional amendment to establish a commission of citizens with exclusive authority to adopt district boundaries for the Michigan Senate, Michigan House of Representatives, and U.S. Congress every 10 years. This proposed constitutional amendment would create a commission of 13 registered voters randomly selected by the Secretary of State, four each who self-identify as affiliated with two major political parties, and five who self-identify as unaffiliated with major political parties. Prohibit partisan office holders and candidates, their employees, certain relatives, and lobbyists from serving as commissioners. Establish new redistricting criteria including geographically compact and contiguous districts of equal population, reflecting Michigan's diverse population and communities of interest. Districts shall not provide disproportionate advantage to political parties or candidates. Require an appropriation of funds for commission operations and commissioner compensation. Should this proposal be adopted, yes or no? Michigan Statewide Proposal 3. A proposal to authorize automatic and election day voter registration, no reason absentee voting, and straight ticket voting and add current legal requirements for military and overseas voting and post-election audits to the Michigan Constitution. This proposed constitutional amendment would allow a United States citizen who is qualified to vote in Michigan to 
Become automatically registered to vote when applying for, updating, or renewing a driver's license or state-issued personal identification card unless the person declines. Simultaneously register to vote with proof of residency and obtain a ballot during the two-week period prior to an election, up to and including Election Day. Obtain an absent voter ballot without providing a reason. Cast a straight ticket vote to all candidates of a particular political party when voting in a partisan general election. Should this proposal be adopted? Yes or no? School Resource Officer, County Millage. Shall the limitation on the total amount of general ad valorem taxes which may be imposed for all purposes upon real and personal property in Midland County be increased by a total levy of up to 0.4 mills, or 40 cents per $1,000 of taxable valuation, as finally equalized for levy in the years 2018 through 2021, both inclusive as provided in Article 9, Section 6, Michigan Constitution of 1963, as amended, for the purpose of assigning licensed law enforcement officers from the Midland County Sheriff's Office and the Midland City Police Department as school resource officers to Midland County Public Schools, Midland Public, Meridian, Bullet Creek, and Coleman, who will provide school security and law enforcement and facilitate educational liaison between students, school staff, law enforcement officers, and the community which, if approved and levied, in its entirety is estimated to raise $1,343,531 in the first year. This program is presented by a community producer through Midland Community Television. The City of Midland and MCTV are not responsible for the content of the program. The views presented do not necessarily represent those of the City of Midland or MCTV. If you would like to produce your own program, contact MCTV at 837-3474 or access our website, cityofmidlandmi.gov slash MCTV.